Well, welcome everybody to this podcast episode. We're going to do things a little bit differently. I'm actually going to interview Anthony about a past life in Hyperion support. Anthony thought up the idea for this podcast episode. He's been wanting to do it for a while, and we're finally getting around to him telling some wonderful stories from his days in Hyperion support. So, Anthony, there's been a lot happening over the last few months, and I know that we want to get to the support part, but um, I thought I would comment here for a second. It seems like every week I open up LinkedIn, there's someone moving away from EPM or leaving consulting or changing jobs and companies. Are you seeing the same type of pattern and trend? Uh, I've noticed a lot of people leaving some of the older consulting companies that I was established with or were had worked with in the past. And they're going to like other jobs, like other consulting jobs, either within the same space or different technologies. And I just think the market's very hot and they see these opportunities and they really want to go after them. From what I've heard so far, that's, that's, that's what people tell me when they're, when they're looking at it. So they're, they're jumping on the opportunities for the market, which is exciting. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I have recruiters that are reaching out to me on a regular basis, and it does seem like a pretty hot market for just tech in general. But I feel like there are people even leaving tech. There's so many opportunities. People have taken this chance during quarantine to reevaluate their priorities and what they want to do for a living. I'm obviously part of the great net resignation myself. It's just an interesting movement. I've never seen it this volatile before. I think a lot of people are reevaluating what they've been doing. And I think one of the major factors, at least for me, is like, do I want to travel as much as I used to anymore or right. trying to figure out what's important for you? So being around your family and doing things with your family and noticing that technology really enables us to do our job, the same, a similar job that we were doing before, if not better. I find that the boundaries can be different, that as far as you're always working or you don't set yourself like nine to five, I think people are starting to realize that and understand what is important to them and switching up jobs. Yeah, I've had a number of people in the last couple of weeks reach out to me for corporate positions where they want people to go into the office. But it's so telling of the times right now because I'm like, I don't know anybody who wants to go into an office. <laughs> yeah. I feel for these people because they just want business to resume as normal. And yet it's difficult to find people who've been working from home for the past year and a half. And suddenly they're being asked to return to the office, which means having to get ready and dress and put on makeup and all sorts of things in addition to a commute, leaving children and pets and stuff behind all day. It's, it's just a very interesting climate. Yeah. I mean, I would, sometimes I feel like I would like to get a little break from my kids, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I, I feel the same way. I, I really do enjoy working from home or, and having some of the flexibility to work some odd hours. It really fits in well with my schedule. Do you find though, that it's, it's a problem kind of separating that line between business and home because we all are working from home and for, in some cases, more hours than we did before? Yeah. So that's always been a problem for me. There's times like when I'm trying to solve a problem that I can't sleep, uh, I have to solve the problem or I get an idea in the middle of the night and I need to work on it. So that's always been a problem for me. I don't think that the change or COVID had anything to do with that, but it's just something that you, you have to force yourself to take the time and to step away from the computer and the machine and you know give yourself some breaks, especially when you have, it's so easy for you to just pick up and start doing work. Very cool. 
All right. So on to the actual podcast episode topic, which is tales from support. So why don't we go ahead and shift gears? So just so everyone's clear, I have no idea what Anthony is going to tell us today. Um, I don't have a preview of the stories that he's going to share. So I'm going to be reacting real time with you. Why don't we start with some basic questions about your experience in support? So first of all, just talk to us about your history in support. Sure. I started working at Hyperion Support back in 1999. I had worked for Hyperion for about uh, six months and I was having just tough traveling. Uh, so I decided to take a job in Stanford and I was actually commuting back and forth to New York all the time while I was working out in Stanford. And I got really lucky. I got to work for uh, Roseanne Silvestri, who's wonderful, was a wonderful boss. And she had a special team that was responsible for a lot of the newer products. And I was assigned to the team and uh, able to work there. And I worked with her about for 10 years. So I stayed there for about 10 years within the support group. After the Oracle acquisition, I stayed there for a few more. Yeah, it's a long time. Who did you primarily work with? Were you in a customer-facing role? Did you work internally to support? What do you mean by support? When I first started, I was answering the phones. I was taking cases and talking directly to clients. Clients got to know me. Consultants, I would work with our consultants. I'd work with our clients and I would actually interface with development, beta programs, groups. I would, I would actually interface with everybody. But my main job was really taking calls, solving issues, and making sure that uh, everybody was happy at that time. So it was uh, it's a pretty fast and furious job. For the younger members of our audience who may not understand what 1999 was like, <laughs> we did not have the internet. So how did that work exactly? Most of the time, people would call the hotline. So they would call the hotline, place a call, and then we'd have to go into the system. I think we were using Vantive. So we used several, so many systems when we were there. We had Lotus Notes when I first started, then we moved to Vantive. <laughs> Um, and then we moved to another system. I forget what the last one was, but uh, I think that might be with the later ones. But I always remember Vantage because that was the big one and we were grabbing cases in there. So cases would show up in the inbox. We would grab them. I would just go grab anything that I could. Some guys on the team were a little bit more hesitant. And some, they, had their, they played their favorites or they, you know, they would not take certain consultants or things like that uh, within the job. But we would just pick up the cases, keep the clients called back. We did have email. We could send them emails. Okay. Uh, but most of the time we would, we would place calls, put notes in the case, do those kinds of things within them. So notes were very important in the case, trying to find solutions and doing things like that. The worst calls or the calls that people really didn't like to take were from consultants. Oh. It was just that at the time we only made so much money, right? Mm. And we knew consultants made a lot more than us, theoretically. Okay. And they kept calling us for help. And, and it wasn't just the occasional one or twos. It got to be a consistent theme every, you know, every once in a while. Sometimes on a Friday, after all the installations and configurations are supposed to be done on a Friday, we would get calls and just saying, can you, can you help us fix this? And so Friday afternoon was like one of the worst days within support because all the infrastructure consultants, not all of them, but a majority of them that couldn't get it done would call in and would wind up having to help and trying to configure that. Or the app consultant, when something happened and the infrastructure consultant left, uh, they were able, unable to get it in. Now, it wasn't all their fault. The product was hard. It was mm. really hard and had to be done just right. A lot of these products, specifically planning and HFM, they, they were hard to do and had to be done just right. 
So that does beg an interesting question, which is what was your particular work schedule like? Like, did you work on the weekends? Did you have certain types of shifts? How did that work? So I was lucky. Sometimes we did have like a pager support. And again, for people who don't remember what a pager was, you would get beeped if there was a critical issue and you'd have to call in and work the case. I was lucky. I never had to work that. Most of the time, some of the other guys used to do that team. And we really didn't get that many 24-7 cases in, in tech support that I remember back in the day. Um, most of the time, we were just working on cases that if they did extend a little bit later, they extended a little bit later, but they were pretty much our normal work schedule. We used to work like eight to eight or you know eight in the morning, eight at, at night. And then we had West Coast help as well. Uh, so they would stay on or we would help them and stay on a little bit later in the East Coast. Okay. And how many and which products did you support? Okay, so it's a good question. Uh, I pretty much supported everything. So we started like with four or five people and we built up to a larger team as the products grew. Then once we built a support model, we were able to, to branch them off in, out of our group into larger support teams. So for example, I started learning Hyperion planning back at like 1.0. And I became like one of the best with Hyperion planning. Same with HFM. I learned it really early. I was pretty good from the technical side for HFM as far as infrastructure configurations and just, you know, trying to figure out the installs and stuff like that. App side wasn't, that wasn't always my best in support, but we didn't really get a lot of app questions in, in HFM, more so from the planning side, just the nature of the consultants. I also did financial reports. I learned financial reports when it first came out. And from my background, I also knew Enterprise, which was a popular, and I had to support that too every once in a while when our regular Enterprise team wasn't in. And OnTrack, I don't know if you ever heard of OnTrack, but that was like a dashboard builder that was built off of oh, Enterprise. Yeah. Okay. I used to help out with web analysis, but some of the other guys, they were, I wasn't the lead on that. And uh, Spider-Man, I, did, I knew Spider-Man as well which became uh, web reporting. And mm. uh, I had to help out with that. So I had a little bit of everything, but my main focus was planning uh, because that became the product. That was, that was the bomb. That was awesome. Like that was, everybody was using it. There were more questions. I mean, the product kept changing and growing and getting better and better. In the beginning, there were growing pains, but we got a lot of cases, but that was my, my main focus was planning. I have to wonder if we cross paths because I started working with planning with version 1.0 as well. And one of my early, early, early claims to fame, which I do not do this anymore, <laughs> but I used to install the product and we used to rewrite the installation document. And I remember having to talk to support quite a few times. And I, I have to wonder if you and I ever cross paths. I, I'm just not sure. It's possible. Yeah, it's, possible. it's definitely so, possible. I actually get that a lot. When I left uh, support and went into consulting, a lot of times people would say, you sound so familiar. <laughs> yeah, your said, name well, does sound familiar to me too. <laughs> and I said, well, well, a lot of times in support, I would help a lot of our uh, younger team out. So mm. I would handle a lot of cases with them. So I would either be on the phone in the background or we, we use Yahoo Instant Messenger back then. That was the big uh, communication tool. Oh, that's right. Mm -hmm. And uh, we would chat a lot on that, try to help them out. So most of the time, if, if you had a case, a lot of times you either worked with me or I helped you out in some way that you might not have known. I handled all the escalations. So like I got to, we got to a point where if anything was between development and me and the client for planning, that was my 
domain. That's where I, you know, I lived. So uh, I got to handle most of those cases when they ever got to that level. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I, I think I recognized your name before you and I ever started hanging out as friends, but I'm, who knows? It was so long ago. <laughs> We're dating ourselves. <laughs> it was a while. It was a yeah. while ago. But uh, yeah, I mean, and, and the install was, it, it was pretty tough back in the yeah. day. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, we rewrote the installation guide. I think it started like a hundred pages. And when we rewrote it, it was like 140 pages. And then we just kept updating it, updating it as we went through 1.1 and 1.2 and 2.0. And yeah. It was well, interesting times. Oh, that's good. You actually read it. I never read it. I just knew. Oh, it. no, I had to because <laughs> you were installing it. <laughs> and back then I was way more detail oriented than I am now. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I never read it. I just did it. Uh, so and then I we made like cheat sheets and figured out everything we had to do. So we had this thing like the decom dance where we would yep. do all the configurations for decon. Did you do I remember this? that. Mm-hmm. So we had to set all those things up through support. And uh, it was fun. That was a really good, good team to work with. Talk to us about how did support work back then? Mm. Our team was lucky because when there was a new version coming out or a new product coming out, someone from our team would get assigned to it. I might've been assigned to planning. Renee might've gone to financial reports. Mike did a lot of data management stuff. And those are just some of the guys in support that we worked with on my team. But we would all go and we would get, we would do two things. We would work with the beta program managers and a good friend of mine, Hugh Daly, was a, was a beta program manager, and we, uh, we got to interact a lot on those projects. And we would get to work with the development team to learn the product first. So once we did that, we were able to learn the product and try to figure out what would be the issues or the hot button issues from support that you, we would try to want to hit, whether it be install, functionality. And we would teach them to a few people on our team. This way, when cases come in, came in, we were able, they were able to, to branch out. But once planning kicked in, that kind of all went away. <laughs> so we, we still did that, but it was just, it was just a, a mate. Like I said, it was amazing. We had so many cases and we had so many people up to speed and I became like the lead for it. And, you know, I had a real responsibility. My boss, Roseanne, you know, she, I learned so much from her and she gave me the ability to, to just do what I had to do. But she was always, you know, made, tried to make me aware that I was a leader in the organization and that one day I came in, I was in a bad mood and it was like, I, and she, she called me in her office and she goes, you, you get, you know, you got to get your head out of your ass because everybody else looks up to you. When they see that you're down, they get down or there's too many cases or they get upset or frustrated because if you're that way, they're, they're going to get that way. So I really learned a lot about how team dynamics work. It was a great experience and how my role in a team and as a leader, what your responsibilities are to the greater organization. I just thought it was great, a great experience. Another thing that I really enjoyed doing was, and I realized is that you didn't have to have all the answers, right? So you could say, listen, I'm going to research that for you. So, uh, and, and to this day, I really picked that up from support that it's okay to say you don't know, but always communicate what you're doing to the client as far as uh, how you're trying to solve the problem. Anthony, how did support interact with development? What was that relationship like? When we first started working with development, they were kind of hands off with support. They felt like it was not necessarily the greatest relationship. 
we did work with them. They taught us some of the new things, but I don't feel like we were really working together. Over time, we started realizing that we're getting a lot of cases on planning, on HFM, install configuration, and things like that. So I, I went to Roseanne and I said, you know, I think really we need to talk to development and try to bring this up to them and, and explain to them the types of cases that we're getting on the product to try to give them some feedback on what the product is really doing. I put all the cases together, put all the stats together. And I think I want to say Gersten was uh, the head of development at the time. And we were all together in a, in a room in Stanford, the HFM lead, uh, the planning leads, and we were all there talking about it. And I got to present <laughs> uh, what was going on in support with this, like the new products. Like, why was it like hard to install? What were our cases about? What were the reasons for uh, what, what's happening? And the majority of our cases, like you mentioned, were install and configuration. And I, I, you know, I said, here's everything that we do from an install configuration standpoint. We, we need some sort of wizard mm. to make this easier. Yeah. So from that meeting, the install and configuration wizard came out of it. Nice. I think it was great teamwork because, you know, recognizing what was there. And I know today that they do that a lot with support and with the cloud, but uh, I don't know if it was at that level, but I think they have more visibility now into what's going on with the products. A lot of times people say that they don't listen, but I think they do listen. I just think sometimes it has to, the message just has to get across the right way. So let's get to some of the fun stuff. (laughs) What are some of your most memorable stories from support? Okay. So we had um, lots of funny stories and everyday stuff, but this was a great one. We had a a couple of guys who just started working with a support team. And one was a younger guy and uh, they were running through the planning desktop to create an application with a client via WebEx and it wasn't working. So he asked for my help. So I went over to the desk and we started going through it. And you had to run through the configuration a few times and type in the username and password. Oh boy. I think I know where this is going. (laughs) (laughs) So, so at the end of this step, she kept typing the password Yankees. Okay. And I said, I don't know if that's the right password. Can we try logging in with that account? So we tried logging in and it didn't work with the Yankees. So she's like, hold on, let me talk to my IT person. All right. So she calls up the IT person and she's like, ah, I go, what's wrong? <laughs> she, she goes, he changed the password on me. I go, okay. So, so let's go through. I said, we'll type the password. Just, you know, let us know. We'll make sure everything's set up right. So we go through the wizard. We try to set up the application. We get to the username and we get to the password. And she, she whispers it to us like this over the phone. It's just over the phone. So Jerry had her on speakerphone and she, she goes, ass monkey. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, so Jerry, so I say, excuse me. She's like, ass monkey. So she could never say it loud because she was in, she's like, I'm going to kill my IT guy. She changed the password from Yankees to ass monkey. So I said, okay, all right. So we type it in. It didn't work. Oh boy. So we go and we change a few, we check some decoms more run it again. We get to the step again. I'm sorry. I, I forgot the password. What was it again? <laughs> Wait, are you saying you said that intentionally? I did. Yes. Because <laughs> how so, can you forget a password like that? Yeah. So she whispers it again and she starts laughing, laughing this time. Ass monkey. 
So we type it again. It still didn't work. Now, of course, this started drawing some attention from some of the other people in support because we kind of all sat in cubicles and mm. we were close, close to each other. Right. So another buddy of mine comes over, Mike, and he's like, well, what's going on here? What's happening? What's this all about? This, this stuff. Right. <laughs> so he comes over and he starts going. He goes, oh, just type it like this. Jerry, you're typing the password wrong. Right. So he goes, what's the password again? And she goes, ask monkey. What? He goes, like, what's the password? What? Starts yelling at her and types the password in. And finally, we must have made her repeat this password like 10, 15 times. But she had she thought it was so much fun. She uh, she's like, guys, this is one of the funnest support calls. And you got it working. Nice. And uh, we we had we had really good time with that one. That was definitely one of my highlights from support, just, just from a standpoint of just uh, of every day. Another one, I was one of the few people in support who actually got an office after like I had done, worked in a couple, a couple of years. It was a closet that they made into an office, but it was still an office. Oh. I had no windows, <laughs> but I was there by myself and I had an office and outside my desk, a gentleman who still works for Oracle, Lou, was sitting outside and I was on a phone, right? And I was taking a call for one of my clients and talking on the phone and I'm backing up to go sit down. My chair rolled out from underneath me and I fell flat on my butt, right? I fell oh. flat on my butt. Now I'm a big guy. So I made this huge noise, right? So Lou came jumping up out of his call, put the client on hold that he was with, came jumping up, came to see if I was all right, checked on me. He's like, are you okay? Are you okay? Because Roseanne's going to kill me if anything happened to you. And I said, no, Lou, Lou. <laughs> I said, Lou, I'm okay. It's not your fault. I'm just a little embarrassed because I fell down. I said, but uh, it's really going to be good. We're going we're gonna to be fine. I mean, no big deal here. Nothing to say. So, <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. We had a few other ones. One other one. We had this thing when, when you close the case in Vantive, you had to have like a, like a, a resolution. Mm. And a lot of times I became known as fixing things without really like, what did I do? Like they, they, they couldn't figure out what I had done. And every time it was something different where I changed the security or I updated this, this policy or did that. And they created a, a Vantive fix. One of the guys created one called just called ant fix mm. right like if i would ever help him for a case he'd close it to the ant fix or if, you know he would just it probably was not the right thing for him to do but he just had all of these <laughs> cases closed to ant fix and he had a list like a blacklist so he would not take any calls from certain people from clients certain consultants and they would just sit there if he was on duty and i was on duty he would come in and say say ant you got to help me out. Blah, blah, blah is in the queue. I can't take the case. I can't take the case. He's like, you got to take the case, man. You got to take it. So I would come in and take the case and try to resolve it. Things like that. It just, it was pretty funny. Like I worked late at night on a Friday night with Jerry. This lady called me up. I, I said, I go, can you do me a favor? Can you just hold on? I, I just need to grab my notebook. So she thought that she was on mute, right? Oh no. And she said, <laughs> she said to her friend, she goes, uh, gee, see, I told you he had a nice voice, right? Oh, so my God. Was, <laughs> and Jerry goes, Jerry goes, hey, aunt, hey, aunt, she likes you. I go, I go, Jerry, she's not on hold. I go, come on. 
said so she's like oh my god you guys heard that i'm like no everything's okay don't worry about it. it's fine but yeah so that we had a lot of interesting things happen it was pretty fun pretty fun stuff yeah you know i i have to say that there's something to be said about any kind of team camaraderie environment which i think we're lacking that in today's quarantine world but those must have been some really fun times yeah we had some really good times and just working with the team that we got to work with was great everybody had a nickname we had, uh, you know, Dancing Dan Hansen. We had some, everybody had, <laughs> they all had nicknames. It was great. Donnie Kay. We called one guy the human El Nino. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> it was, it was great. I, I really enjoyed working with the team and support. I learned a lot. That's still, still with me today. Do you think there's anyone that is still in support today at Oracle that used to be in support at Hyperion? Yeah, I still have uh, oh, some wow. friends who are there. It's a little different. The cases get assigned to people now. Mm-hmm. So we used to have to go grab them from the queue. And there were times where we, I would just go and grab them all from the queue or something like that when it was getting crazy. I'm not sure. They work a lot remotely, so they don't really have as much together time like we did as a team, but they interact pretty well. How else do you think support is different today? Because now you're on the consulting side, right? So you probably interact with folks from support. It's a much more extended international team, but how else do you think it's different? I think with the cloud, they have in the applications that are pre-built, they they have an advantage because they can they can get your application quicker and replicate some of their issues. Whereas before it was a lot more challenging because they can just ask for the backup, replicate it up and be done with it. Just ask for the steps and you know, either create a bug or move on or you know, fix it for you or figure out what's wrong. There's less stuff that they can do on the back end too. For example, like we would have refresh issues. Sometimes we'd have to go into the database and, you know, change things in order to get refreshes to work or restructures. That's not even, that doesn't happen anymore. They basically don't have to do that piece anymore. I'm sure that they have to look at the logs and try to replicate things a little bit differently, but they don't have to do as the hands-on stuff that we were working on before. I don't see that. I think when you're working with support today, you want to try to be as specific as possible and replicate your steps as best as you can. I personally use videos. I record a video and I'll upload that to my case. I think it's the best form of documentation. And I think they really appreciate that. Thank you so much for sharing those stories. There's probably so much more that you could go into. Oh yeah. <laughs> but but for, you know, for sensitive reasons, you probably don't want to go too far into some of these stories. What would you say is the biggest lesson that you learned from your support days that you apply today? Always communicate what you're working on with a client. Trust the people you work with and try to have as much fun as possible. That's uh, really what I've learned from my experience there. Thank you for listening. The statements in this show represent the views of the participants and the hosts, and not necessarily the views of any organizations they may be affiliated with. You can reach us on Twitter, Anthony at Freddy and Opal at WomanInEPM with the hashtag EMTechCast. Please remember to subscribe to get the latest from the Performance Management TechCast.